This is Keith Williams, Inker, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Subtle, not as not not a lot of strength. You want to try it? You want to do it again? It's, it's okay. You can go with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be serious a little later than when we usually do this. So it is. It is. There, a there are the people in the house, right? But um, they try to be sleeping you know, and stuff. Want me to go again? No, it was perfect, just like you. <laughs> it's so pretty. Never change. He is so pretty. <laughs> Never forget. We, seems weird, right? Never forget. Isn't it? What's weird? The day that we're, that we're doing this. I don't it know seems, what you're talking about. It seems strange. Dad, didn't we do it on Sunday night? Oh, we've, yeah, we've, we've, we've pretty much hit, we've done Friday nights. We've done, I don't think, we, I don't know if we've ever done a Saturday. I, oh, I think we did a rush job to get an episode out oh, on you, Saturday. Oh, yes, you did. You did. No. Jason I and I were, uh, yeah, no, Jay, because we, we couldn't make it and you, you That might have been that Harold and Solo effort. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The one that brings <laughs> them, shut up, Dave. the <laughs> mass, massive numbers on the, on the, the Libsyn there. Um, but yeah, I, I, we definitely done Mondays. By himself. We, we've hit every night. We've hit every night. It's like, F that. I don't listen to him. I want Jason. I want that. It's true. They do yeah. want the Jason. Very, very true. The hell with all of you. I really don't care. Yeah. Yes. As I like to say, I don't give a shit what you think. It's true. Oh, we know. It is the honest, honest, is it, is it, is it truth. You march to the beat of your own drummer. I know. Truth is. Good and bad. Yes. Goes along with that. Yes. Yes, sir. I think that's enough vamping. Classic intro this week. Oh, oh nice. Vamping. Absolute classic. Recently re-released 50th anniversary edition. Oh, I'm oh, I see. yes. Anybody who doesn't think is a classic just doesn't, doesn't have any taste. But it's very true, right? That's the barometer. Don't, mm-hmm. don't you think? If you can at least appreciate their their talent, then there's something yeah. wrong with you. Yep. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with us or this nope. because it's 11 o'clock comics, episode 400. And seventy six, and I'm Vince B. Damn, it's four hundred seventy six, and you are Vince B. <laughs> much and to Jason, <laughs> much to Jason's chagrin, it's four seventy six. No. It is, yeah. We'll get into that. But <laughs> uh, yeah, and I am, I'm, I'm David A. Price, the beautiful David A. Price. Oh, indeed, you both are Vince B. and the beautiful David A. Price, and of course, I am everyone's favorite cuddly genetic manipulator, Doctor Nathaniel Essex. Wow. But you're not, Dr. Nathaniel Essex. You're Jason. But I am sinister. Mm, You're Jason. uh, He's looking mighty thin, isn't he? Yeah, we've got to talk about that. Yeah, I think he needs to bulk up Mm -hmm. a little bit. No, you're Jason Wood in the house in this. What's up? A regular episode, but it would not have been possible were it not for our beautiful patron, Peeps. Yes, this episode is brought to you by the patron dudes who got us to the level where you all get an extra episode a week. <laughs> Isn't it a week? No. It's no, a week. No. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't hit the week. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Yet. Scratch that. <laughs> Rewind. It's not a week? No. No. Oh, no, it's level, a month? This level is Stop. Just oh, no. What are you doing? <laughs> I just left. I'm going to take you. I'm going to take everyone behind the curtain. 
not two minutes ago before we clicked on, I said, Vince, I got copy for Patreon. He's like, oh, good. And then he decides just to wing it. No, oh, I thought, oh, wait, I thought you were going to say the, the Patreon thing. Well, I thought pants? so, too, but you went right into it. Well, where is it? Spangway City over here. <laughs> Jason, why? Jason, why are, did you did you try and segue? But you told them you were getting a new episode every week, which is not true. All right. Well, why don't you tell them what is true then, <laughs> tall man? <laughs> oh, I apologize. If you're listening, <laughs> this is a disaster. <laughs> oh my God. This not unlike really every other this episode. This is why we don't record on Sundays. Yeah. Oh boy. Extra one a week. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Vince. That is true. This episode was made possible by the generous efforts of our Patreon patrons. Yes. What is Patreon, you ask? Well, simply put, it's the best way for you to support the show. By going to Patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N, so patreon.com backslash 11 o'clock comics, and that's the number 11, the words o'clock comics, and becoming a patron, you can unlock great rewards for not only yourselves, but for all of that EOC community, all of them, the whole so depending on your level of support, uh, we've got rewards that range from you could be added to our wall of appreciation, which our man Dap has put up on our website. You can receive carefully curated care packages of goodies from your three lovable co-hosts. Uh, you have the ability to vote on a monthly book of the month for us to review uh, in depth on the show. Uh, and then there's some even crazier uh, patronage rewards. Truly devoted patrons have the opportunity to get ready for it. Sit in the fourth chair for an episode. What? You can even get an original piece of Vince B. art. That's true. This is true. And there's even a tier that will allow you to make us your OA uh, uh, posse. We will go out and get a commission for you of your favorite character from a great creator at one of the cons we attend. And, you know, you sh- if you listen to us, you know that we have some good taste. And we assure you that we will hustle and find an OA creator that will hook your favorite character up. Um, and the cool thing about all that is that's just stuff that you get if you are kind enough to become a patron. But for the rest of you who uh, are just inclined to show your love by downloading and listening, we still love you and we that's appreciate cool. that. Yeah. Yep. And the cool thing is y'all benefit too. That's right. You do. Look at that. They lift so, you up. That's right. For example... Right now, you are listening to the free monthly bonus episode, which was unlocked with our third tier. Monthly, Vince. Monthly. Weekly. Weekly. No, 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 no. <laughs> and we are only a few hundred dollars away from our next goal, which will unlock a monthly Google Hangout. So the three of our beautiful mugs will be available on Google with y'all to sit around and chat about the life, the universe, and everything. Um, and then the tier after that, Vince, this is right up your alley. The tier after that, folks, gets you a second extra monthly episode, which would be six a month. So six episodes of EOC Greatness, which is closer to the week to weekly that Vince is uh, envisioning. Uh, So listen, if you're interested in becoming a patron, it's super easy, and we'd love you so much. Just go to patreon.com backslash 11 o'clock comics and check out all the options. We should have another tier in there. Where if it if the tears reached, I will never do a solo episode again. Think that's possible? I think we're going to make that the tier that's a dollar up from here. <laughs> <laughs> so so I will I will never do a solo episode on a weekly basis. There you go. I get my cake you, and you get it too. No, you know what? We need to leave that open because 
every once every six years there's going to be a time where yeah. we're faced with breaking our streak, and we yeah. know you'll never let it happen. So no, I won't. And to exactly. hell, to hell with everyone who didn't. And it's like it's that. entirely possible with with an extra because we know what our schedules are like, and we know Wednesday. For those of you who aren't aware, for a while, for almost a year, we decided to go to Thursday nights to record. AKA Glory Days. Yes. Uh, we've switched that back to Wednesday, much to everyone else's happiness. And we, uh, so. It's not so. There are times, not at all, uh, where on the weekends, where we do the extra episode, uh, based on everybody's schedule and availability that, um, you may not get all three of us. So, um, That's I'm true. sure if, if there's an episode that I am not on, uh, the numbers will skyrocket. Everybody will be happy. Oh and yeah. So what you're saying is they just tune in for Jason. I don't like the sound of that. Yeah, no, that's no, that's no, 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 no. no it's but, as long as it's not a Vince Solo episode. Oh yeah, so, then I tom- should say by the way, flying uh, tomatoes. Read, reading our own Patreon goals, although Vince is wrong to have said every week, we do say that we will guarantee at least in this year one extra episode per month, but at least right, and then. The next tier up is the two or more episodes per month. So theoretically to you listeners, we may find these extra little episodes enjoyable enough that we, we're not promising, not guaranteeing, but we could do more than one a month. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's not going to kill us. <laughs> Dude, you're supposed to leave them wanting more events. It, okay. Make it happen, people. How about it's that? very easy. Yeah. All right. That was beautiful. I, I really liked Thanks. the way you composed that. Thanks. Right. Uh, let's do. It was, the, it was extemporaneous for the record. Surely, let's do the drink roll call sure. because we have a lot of cop- comics to talk about in not a whole lot of time. It's true. Right. Uh, I'm going to start us off. I am drinking yeah. the greatest brew in the world mm-hmm. for the littlest cost, and it is no, no. I don't drink that. It's McDonald's coffee, and I'm drinking it. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm happy. It is Sunday, so we should be forgiven our trespasses. Uh, I I am drinking black cherry seltzer. Uh, I like how you said R R. I R drinking, just, but just basically you two. Um, and and yes, Vince, the McDonald's coffee is is the best bang for the buck, um, because it is an episode of Eleven O'clock Comics. <laughs> I am not phoning it in. As far as the drink roll call, uh, this is from uh, Bogle Vineyards, uh, the Essential Red 2014 from California, a uh, blend of Old Vine, Zinfandel, Syrah, Cabernet Sauvignon, oh. and Petite Syrah. And it is uh, rather tasty. I've had it before. haven't had it in a while, so I figured um, might as well make tonight a little bit extra, extra special. It's true. Good on you, Dap. Good on you. Yeah. All right. Any so I thanks? might just have to show up at the uh, – sorry. I just might have Double. to show up on these episodes to uh, at least remind everybody that we have a drink roll call. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Tell them Large Marge sent you. Love it. You're the wind beneath our wings. You are. You are the wind beneath our wings. Thanks. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said it, but I did. It's, it's the outro music. Yep. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it will never be. Uh, to answer your question, Vince, no. In the past two days, I do not believe I have any thank yous. Good. 
So if we don't have any thank yous, let's get on to the comics. We want to tag team first? Let's do it. I'm up for it. All right. Um, I should check David's list to make sure that he read this. And uh, I don't see it. Uh, no, but I have it open right now. Okay. So by all means, if you guys want to, we can. Sure. Written by Mr. Cullen Bunn. Illustrated, beautifully illustrated, I may add, by Mr. David Baldion. Color art by Chris Sotomayor. The book that proves that second chances are, in fact, possible. It is Monsters Unleashed, number two. Yes. The, the story, yes, yeah, the story behind that is we were bandying about things that we would like to bring to this episode. And I said, hey, I'm going to read Monsters Unleashed number two. And Jason said, oh, I, I hated it. I hated it so much. And and because I said, all right, well, I'm reading it because uh, I think I'm going to enjoy it based on my enjoyment of the first issue. So I read it and he came back and he read it again and had a different opinion second time around. So. The Rub, Monsters Unleashed number two, Kay is being pursued by the Mole Man. Uh, that was a cliffhanger from issue number one. The Mole Man is controlling the Leviathans, and uh, basically it was just a test by the Intelligentsia to gauge uh, Kid Kaiju's power. So the Mole Man was working with the Intelligentsia, uh, and he decides to go rogue. He has other plans for the little man. He, uh, in a sense, wants Kid Kaiju to revive his fallen comrades. All the Leviathans that have passed, uh, departed the mortal coil, uh, are sequestered in the equivalent of a Kaiju elephant graveyard. I thought that scene was great where he, he walks in and there's all the bones of all these giant creatures. And if you look really close, what do you see, Jason, in that scene? Lots of big, giant kaiju monster bones. But there's one in particular that really... I didn't notice anyone in particular, so there's you're leaving a, me hanging here. There's a giant turtle shell. Okay. Gamera. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um nice. And so the, the mole man's like, you're gonna, you're gonna draw my creatures back to life. But the intelligentsia don't take the mole man's duplicity very kindly. And they bring someone else in to not only exact vengeance on the mole man for changing his, his colors, they want to retrieve K. Because, uh, the whole gauging his powers was a little bit dumb. I thought for the intelligentsia, if if a kid could basically draw something and bring it to life, that's damn powerful. Like, why do you need to gauge his powers? At face value, it's there. The, the kid's immensely powerful. So right. the whole thing was not necessary in my mind other, other than to show giant monsters fighting, which was great. I mean, I loved it. It's, it's, it's pure fun. But if these characters are supposed to be the big brains – of the, the, the dark and seedy Marvel Universe, then they really wasted their time on this. But anyway, I thought the issue... Don't you love that the the kid powers manifest by drawing these mm-hmm. monsters? Yes. It's such a nice meta it is very homage meta. to yep. 
the creativity of Kirby, right? Creating these these characters with his with his pencil in his mind. Yeah, not only I I mean it all goes back to Kirby. Well, no, I just mean these monsters in particular, right. the Kirby monsters, right? right. So. But that I mean it be, speaks to art in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's I mean that's another book we read for this little mini episode ties into a similar theme. Yeah. Yeah. It it's so true, but I I thought this issue was great. Um, just one little thing that kind of sort of bugged me. I think Mr. Sinister is a little bit too on the too much on the slim side. I know. Yeah, he looks more like he's Dracula. Been cutting out the, he's been cutting out the dairy and the carbs, I think. I mean, the last time I saw him, he was massive. Mm-hmm. Which, grant, granted, was used. I, I thought the drawing was, of the... Go ahead. He, he was, he was kind of slender in Secret Wars as well. Secret Wars, the new Secret Wars? Yeah. Well, I remember. Yeah, I remember how sinister and and obviously, I mean, they were different. Everybody slightly, they were a little tweaked in in that miniseries and and a different um, affiliations. But he wasn't he wasn't the uh, the big hulking ninety version that uh, that we're used to seeing. Right. Right. Now, Jason, what were you going to say? I was going to say that if I had a criticism of this issue, it would be. Valdeon's rendering of the Illuminati. Um, is that what they're called? Oh, no, the Intelligentsia. The intelligentsia, yes. yeah. Um, because I thought the leader's costume was all sorts of wonk. I, it looked I, like a suit of armor that he wouldn't physically be able to move his legs in. <laughs> no, he's just got a balloon <laughs> well, frame on. That's it looks all. like the legs, the legs have an opening on the sides, but yeah, I mean, his, his shoulders and everything. Yeah. It almost looks insectoidish. It, it's weird. I think it's right. cool. I but think, I'm wondering, and, and probably not for a long time in the in the in the comics. But I'm wondering if if as kid kaiju inevitably ages into an adult because all kid characters do uh, in comics quickly. It's like soap operas. Soap <laughs> opera kids. They, there's a baby one year, two years later that's a teenager, and then five years later they're getting married and having their own kids. Uh, I wonder if kid kaiju is going to continue to refine his powers to the point where he realizes that the drawing is a crutch but not something he absolutely needs to do. Now, see, I think he should lose his powers when he reaches puberty. Because he's no longer creative? Because he's no longer a child. I, I think it's... <laughs> no. I, I think it's that childlike wonder that that uh, um, the amazement and the, and the, the innocence and the, 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 the rawness of... Because of, like, it's the whole... ties into the whole paranormal thing. Like, why can children sense... The presence. I mean, if you believe, it, it's mm-hmm. usually the children that sense the presence of of extra planar activity and, and ghosts and stuff like that. So adults can't see it. And in the movies, it's always the children that see the magical characters, and adults can't perceive them because they've grown out of it. I think Kid Kaiju should lose his powers uh, when he reaches puberty. He's like Superman. What are they going to do with this kid? Why can't he just conceive of a world-sized creature? He can, and he and he he can draw it and bring it to life. That's a very serious threat. He's more powerful than the Hulk. He could he could create something that has a fist the size of the planet and just smash us into nothingness. Right. I mean, he's he's only limited by his own creativity. It's, right. It's. Uh... I'd like to see a battle between he and Franklin Richards someday. Well, I, I think that's what's going to either either they're going to take his powers away upon puberty, or he's going to be another Franklin Richards. He's never going to mature. Right. You, you can't 
have both. I think this character is great, but they've they've opened up the box and there's no putting this kid back in. He's just going to get increasingly more powerful. He's going to re- if he doesn't realize what he can do, then the character's just dumb. He's written dumb, and he's he's not going to be any fun to read anymore. Uh, well, I agree, but we have a long time to go before we have to worry about that. Right, and that's great. I, I want to see it play out, but I think I said it the, when we talked about issue number one. I think the character designs are gorgeous, especially uh, Makara and Aegis. I love those designs. I like uh, what's the one that that speaks very very that uh, that speaks in such a hilarious manner. Scrag, Scrag, I love Scrag. Yeah, and Hivo is cool love- too. What's that? Hivo, he's cool. Mm-hmm. It's a very mm-hmm. neat neat little little costume. Well, it's mm-hmm. not a costume. His body's really neat. But I I think this book is a winner, and I didn't want to like it because I didn't like the. Um, the- I know you were dismissive of it, and I got mad at you and told you that you would. This would be the kind of book you would enjoy if you gave it a try. Right. Well, you pushed me to read the first issue after the bad taste from the miniseries. I don't even think mm-hmm. I finished the miniseries. Uh, you pushed me to read the first one, and you, you were you're. And how could you not like anything with Elsa Bloodstone in it? Oh, I love Elsa. Yeah, and I, I love the way the mole man dissed her father. You know? <laughs> he's like the murderer. Ulysses yeah. Bloodstone, because yeah. it, it, to the mole man. Ulysses Bloodstone would be a murderer. He took out monsters, and that's that's the mole man's peeps. That's true. Yeah. What did you think of the reveal at the at the end here? <laughs> I think she's intimidating, but again, given Kid Kaiju's powers, I don't see him having a hard time with her or anybody else in the Marvel universe. Um, you well, know, but. Not conceptually, sure, but what's going to make this a fair match is because he's just figuring out his powers, right? Right, right, right. But now, that, I mean, that happens all the time in comics, doesn't it? Yeah. Enough to your point. This it's no different. It's no different than Batman having the ability to take down Superman. True. They, they always need an Achilles uh, heel. It, it should never. That should never be possible. But it is because Superman is not dumb. It's not. He's not just some dumb giant godlike force that can be outwitted. He's he's very he's very astute as well. He's not Batman level smart, obviously. But the idea that Batman could do anything more than temporarily take Superman out of the game for a very brief period of time is the same kind of trope that we're dealing with here. Right. Where Lady Hellbender will take on Kid Kaiju. But Superman has a history of underestimating. Because he's so strong, because he's mm-hmm. in, in, godlike and impervious and indestructible, blah, 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 he has a history of underestimating foes. He did it with Doomsday. He did it with Batman, you know, and you, there, there's, he's, he's done it with the Parasite on occasion, right? He's like, right. There, mm-hmm. there's, there's some kind of hubris that comes with being the strongest thing on the planet. And mm-hmm. sometimes it affects him. But this Lady Hellbender, she, can go toe to toe with the Hulk, right? Yes. Okay. So that's that's pretty damn strong. We'll see what no, happens. No, she's a she's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Not too attractive in this. I remember I, I like Cho's version a little bit better. Well, it is Cho. Yeah. Now. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's, it's true. But the cover for issue three is kicking. Wow, both of them. 
As an aside, speaking of artists that we enjoy who draw the beautiful women's, did you see more attached back? Mm-hmm. On Sheena. I will be getting that book. From friggin' Dynamite. I love it when I saw it. I was like, yeah. Marguerite Bennett's writing it, though. And you know who else, speaking of Dynamite? Dynamite. The artist on Vampirella is changing. It is. To whom? Yeah, Andy Belanger. Nice. Whoa. That's yes. interesting. Yeah. Because I love Andy's work, but I don't yep. know that I immediately think of him as someone who... Right. I don't love his works simply... He's not a. I don't think of him like I do a Dotson or a Cho or a Moritat, where I just think, oh, they, they he draws beautiful women. But I'm not saying he doesn't. I just so I don't think of Andy as being a pinup or cheesecake type of an right. Artist. Now I don't know if it's an extended stay. the The issue that's solicited in the previews that we'll be getting in our boxes right. cites Andy Belanger as the artist for Vampirella. Right. With issue, my boy David five. Rubin drew the fill-in issue for Black Hammer. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it yet, but I'm very Same excited. Here. Yeah, I'm getting that in his trades. Uh, no gotcha. doubt. I'm a couple issues behind. Y'all yeah. suck. So, that's it. Um, yeah, I'm my... ready yet, but we all suck. What did you, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> he I said, said, I haven't read it either, but y'all suck. <laughs> David, did you get uh, a chance to peep this Monsters Unleashed number two? Yes. What I, are you um... thinking? I'm sorry? What are you thinking? I like the look of it. Pretty much, I'm, I'm, I, I was enjoying the, um, the swiftness of the issue. Th- things moved pretty quickly. In the first issue, you know, we, we, we got to know a little bit more about him and, and his family and, and the whole, uh, shield playing babysitter, things like that. But this was, uh, this, this picked up right after the first issue. Uh, I'm enjoying the bickering and, and the conversations amongst the, uh, the intelligentsia more, I think, than, uh, than some of the other things. The monsters are great. Um, but, uh, I think the, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm enjoying the look of it and, and the funness of it. I, I don't, I'm not, um, I mean, it's supposed to be, high stakes and, and there's supposed to be uh, a little bit of drama, especially when Elsa gets whisked away and, um, and a mole man is preventing Kid Kaiju from, from getting to the sketch pad. Uh, and then of course with the, it happened in the first issue, it's happening at the end of this issue where we have the cliffhanger, the big reveal at the end. Uh, but I, I like the, um, I like what Cullen's doing with the characters and I absolutely adore the look of it. So it is, it is a fun book. It's, it's not, it's, it's not a slight when I say that that this may not be, you know, the first thing I'd read every month, but I really do like the, um, almost like a distraction from some of the other heavier things we might read. Uh, You know, after you, you, you go through a lot, you, you catch up on Black Hammer or you, Shotgun East of West and, and, and there's so many other books that you're kind of just because you're reading from one issue to the next and they're, they're all telling this, this overarching story. Um, something like this really does just, um, kind of it, 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 this is a book that makes comics fun again. And, yeah. and I, I like it. I, I like the look of it a lot. Um, 
I may not know. I mean, aside from the intelligence, you know, I don't know. I didn't read the preceding story leading up to this. Uh, so for the most part, some of the characters are, are still new to me. Um, but I, I think the, uh, I, I, I dig the take on, especially with, you know, I, there's the, um, the, the little, uh, back and forth where there were, uh, the rest of the intelligentsia is wondering, maybe, uh, sinister and the mole man are kind of, um, in cahoots and, and, uh, and they just want to discuss things like gentlemen. And I love, I love sinister's expression. I, I love the expression on his face when, uh, when, when the awesome android comes around and, and just snatches him up. Um, now, now Andy went up against the thing on a number of occasions, right? Do you think, and this is pure fanboy BS, don't you think Sinister has similar power levels? Like, why would he I be? I did think, I did think in, in the issue as a unabashed mutant guy, I thought, well, this is stupid. Yeah. Sinister yeah, would, Sinister right. would, would, with the clip of a finger, because he's Sinister, melt the android or something like that. Yeah. They, they really for, have, for daring to grab his throat. They, they, um, yeah, I think, you know, you would think it may be Modoc that they would kind of use as maybe the comedy relief or, or, or the one or the character that they would take shots at. But but uh, here it seems that Sinister, maybe because, you know, he's the odd man out. Everybody else, I, he's he's a mutant. He is he, he is extremely strong and powerful. A lot of the other characters are basically uh, not that Sinister is not a smart dude, but the rest of them mostly rely on their brains more than their brawn. And, and if, um, if, if you're going to look at a group like this and you need somebody to be the, uh, the whipping boy or, or the one that, you know, you just, that, that's expendable as far as, um, seriousness, I guess, because it's not a mutant book. Um, you can use sinister in, in, in that, uh, in that role. Yeah. But this is the book I wished for. While back when I said we need more giant monster comics, this is it. it to me, this is pure fun because you, look, look at the, the list of ingredients. New kaiju. You have the intelligentsia, all these great Marvel villains. You, the Mole Man makes an appearance. You have the Shield Helicarrier. You, you know, um, it's it's the Moloids. It's just fun. Elsa Bloodstone. It's it's got all the, the the necessary components to just for a, to make a fun book, and I don't know about you guys, but I think Makara's um, little—I don't know if you want to call it a, a verbiage problem, where she just keeps dropping variations on the same word within within. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Slashes. Plagiarize I mean, yeah, appropriate. It, yeah, it's great. It's just neat little that. embellishments that you know aren't really necessary in terms of the story, but they add so much to the book and, and the whole yeah. meta with the art angle. This book is just, it's, it's fire for me right now. It's not perfect, yes, sir. but it's fire. That's right. Yeah. Now, can we talk about a book that might in fact have been perfect? Uh, uh yeah, sure. You know what I'm about to say, right? Um, I have two choices and I'm guessing you're talking <laughs> about, Bulletproof coffin. Correct. Yes. This, I, I, this definitely has moved into the lead for best single issue of the year for the eleven o'clockers. 
It is, in fact, a one-shot. It is by Image Comics. A Bulletproof Coffin, The Thousand Yard Stare. Story and script by David Hine. Art by Shicky Kane. Shicky Kane. Our old, old friend and debate partner, Mr. Richard Starkings, on letters. And uh, so it's been a while, I guess, since we've talked about Bulletproof Coffin, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. A year or two? Yeah. Oh, at least. But, yeah. Um, but it is a book that we have all loved uh, since it uh, came into being. David Hine and Shaky Kane are collaborators and partners in this effort. And um, so just the mere fact that it was the next issue in the Bulletproof, Bulletproof Coffin uh, mythos was made it a no-brainer. But uh, I didn't know what we were getting into exactly. And this may be the best execution so far for these two. Um, you've You've got... Meta upon meta in this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts off with Shaky Kane introducing himself to the audience and drawing himself. Uh, you've got him, um, you know, talking about the powers of being a creator and that in a perfect world, his artistic endeavors would be appreciated and respected, and um, which is implicit then that. He's in a world where they're not, and then it fades back, and he's at a comic con, <laughs> and he's and he's talking about how his talent has become a curse. That he was fated to be born into a world where art is debased, commercialized, trivialized, ignored, and then he looks around and sees all the cosplayers, and he says, "What is this? A goddamn costume party?" So automatically, he's simultaneously poking fun and criticizing, and there's probably some kernels of truth into that. His own industry, his own world. Um, And the story is essentially a story where, in essence, Shaky and David have broken up. Um, They both went their separate ways. Uh, They they sold out to the big two, (laughs) uh, blew all the money, and then broke up and went their separate ways. Now they're both broke, so they're back on the con circuit. Shaky is approached by Image to create a book. He doesn't want to work with David Hahn anymore, so he does what a lot of artists are doing these days, and it's another meta-commentary. He writes and draws the book, and we get a glimpse into what he writes and draws, but... It's under the auspice of being at his table at Artist Alley, where annoying as fuck fans are coming up to him. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. I mean, he's just so dejected. Um, you know, dude comes up and he's like, uh, are you the artist? Can you draw me a sketch? How much is a sketch? And Shaky's like, it's your lucky day. And he gives him a business card. said, free sketch with every purchase. So the dude's like, okay, draw me a Ramona Queen of the Stone Age and a Lady Justice and then, like, put some flying saucers in the background and a dinosaur. Um, and, you know, Shaky's just got this facial expression of just, like, fuck my life. Can't believe it. Um, then this disgusting couple come up that just 8,000 pounds between them. And they're both wearing Ramona, Queen of the Stone Age t-shirts. <laughs> and they 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 roll up and, and the woman's like, hey, cool. The new wonder. Yeah, exactly. A new a new Hein and Kane book, and then she's like, "Wait, this isn't written by Hein." 
and uh, and her hubby's like, dude, who wrote it then? And then Shaky says, I did. Is that a problem? And under his table, you can see you can see Shaky reaching for his, his revolver. Um, and then they just stand there and they do what this happens all the time. She's asking him stupid questions like, is this an ash can? He's like, are you going to buy it? She's like, hold on a second. And she stands to read the whole thing. And so as she goes to read the whole thing, what do we get? We get the, the comic totally changes and we get to see the ash can itself. And it's the ash can of, it's amazing. It's great. Um, and then we read that story, which is again, in and of itself, plenty of meta commentary. Uh, although super cool, a super cool sci-fi story involving disgusting insect-headed humanoids who uh, use a movie theater to hypnotize people, and while they're being hypnotized on these, watching this 3D movie, they sneak behind them and then drink from them by 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 biting into their necks, um, and uh, we get a little bit more insight into uh, into the uh, Mr. Coffin and. Then we're flashed back, and of course, what happens? The woman finishes reading the book. She doesn't buy it. She puts it back, and they walk away. Well, which she's, is like, she she does she does what what I've seen other people do. And and uh, after he's asking her, you know, so what would you guys think about it? She says, "Well, you don't you don't take credit cards, right? Which is an awesome out. So you don't take credit cards, right? Because and the husband's like, yeah, because we, we we don't have any cash, but we're gonna go find an ATM and we'll be back. And it's just like. Man, I've seen that, and it is so oh, obviously. I yes, love the reply, funny. though. <laughs> Cocks looking motherfucking asshole bastard. Asshole bastard. Yeah. That's my favorite part asshole of that. Bastard. I'm going to use that. I'm going to be that. asshole bastard next week, I think. Cool. You're <laughs> asshole bastard every week. Oh, damn. Oh. <laughs> ah, tap, tap. And then the coffin shows up, right? He yeah. shows up at the con holding a gun, talking gibberish. And Shaky assumes it's David Hine, who he hates. And <laughs> he's like, I know who you are. You couldn't take it, could you? Knowing I don't need you. And he kills him. Yeah. Kills him dead. But leave it. Whatever. Leave the rest of it open for them to read. Because yeah. I, I think the, the resolution is, is pretty cool. But <laughs> the um, – like how it was Vince who told you to rein in and not and not spoil anything. No, it's so ironic. I'm no, just you, the <laughs> there. I think oh, the Hypno Vampires from the Stars comic is kind of meta too. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, because oh, it's absolutely. it's like the tonic for the troops, the, the bread and circuses. Mm-hmm. All these people are mesmerized by this yeah. this this art, and it, while they're distracted, in comes these these beings to suck the very life out of them. I think it's yeah, perf- yeah it's perfect. Absolutely, um, amazing stuff. I, I it bums me. Well, it, I'm I'm thrilled that it's a one a one shot because it's so well executed. It bums me because I I'm going to assume that means we're not getting any more bulletproof coffin anytime soon. I don't know. They seem to come and go as we. Yeah, I, I wouldn't bank on that. Um, Shaky is releasing figures. From from these things, there's there's resin figures that he's been releasing. Oh, cool! Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He's he's trying a bunch of different things, but th- there are so many nuggets in this book that that just speak to me. Like the convention table when he pulls back, you got a a guy dressed up as a Martian from Mars Attacks. The the uh, Red Baron robot is in the background. There's a guy dressed like mm-hmm. Pee Wee Herman, and he's like, "What the hell?" There's a Dalek in there. Yep. Uh, like what's going on? There's the oh, no. uh, David Hine invests all him all his money 
in a a mime performance of Allen Ginsberg's Howl. Like what? True. <laughs> you you can't you can't write this stuff. It's just perfect, you know. The the people from Image are, are like party town. They come to the door and Shaky Kane has a clown mask on in his, in his uh, house. It's it's so disturbing on some levels though too. Uh, it's perfect. I, I think it, it was it was really great. And the flat coloring, you 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 got a beeline right to my heart when you use flat flat yeah. coloring. Yes. Yeah. Plus it it's yeah, it's it's also done. tied to the stuff that came before, like Ramona. Uh, Queen of the Stone Age, all the stuff that we've seen previously in, in the bulletproof coffin books, the UFOs, the fly. It's it's great. And there's a, mm. a banana wolverine. Yes, there is. He's a banana. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> best, best wolverine outfit has it been? Uh, well, the colors are dead on. I don't know about the banana aspect. <laughs> now nah, this is great. Winner. Chicken dinner. Yeah, big time. Complete with real human blood. Mm-hmm. Very, I'm just wondering. See, the, <laughs> the 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 completest in me hopes that there will be more because I go for the collections. And if there's not going to be more, then I have to seek out this issue in paper form. And and I want, mm-hmm. I want you know I want another bookshelf. Selfish. No doubt, it's very I'm... very selfish. Well, you just put it between. You put it at the end of the last collection can't have and whatever's that. next on your bookshelf. No, I can't. Mm-hmm. Stick it out a little bit so you can still see it. No, it's not right. This now, if I know our faithful producer, I know he's waiting very patiently to transition to talk to Valiant. Oh, you're talking about me. You, you are said, our faithful producer. You did say faithful. Um, he, yeah, I, I do want to talk. Yes, yeah, it's true. I do want to talk a little bit about Valiant, um, but not anything – you both didn't read. So I don't want to spoil anything for David. I appreciate okay. that. Because I know he, he's very hot on the Exo Manowar. Did you get to read issue three, David? No. Damn you. Yes, well, I'm going to put some preview images in the uh, gallery on the 11oClockComics.com website because I think it's really important that those not in tune with what – Thomas Giarello and David Mack and Zu Orzu are doing with Exo Manowar. You really should see it because if once you see it, the the grandeur of this artwork is going to just seep into you. You're going to be like, I have to have this book. Oh, it's ridiculous. It is. It's it's still this, not sure how I feel about the uh, the issue starting the first page being the inside back cover. Oh, I love that. Why don't you like I know that? You do. I know. I I just not. I I don't know. I don't know. It, it's, Do you not know something? me yet? A- anything I, atypical is going to be a winner with me. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and I love that about you. But there are just there are certain uh, maybe expectations, maybe just just um, the, the 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 traditionalist there or the purist in me just wants. I it, it doesn't have to be. I don't want it to be an ad. But just not to have a, not to have the story start on, there's just something about it being on a page that I can flip instead of opening the cover. It's, it's, I can't explain it. I know you love it. No, no. I love that you love it. I, and and this, you, perfectly your right to, to not vibe on it. But how, what does that speak to you? I mean, I just pull back for a minute and take that traditionalist aspect 
of it and put it on the side. Right. And you put that in your discard pile. Okay. Now draw another card and approach it from what does that say to you about the story? Oh, you, you hit the ground running. That it's the story here's, here's so the big, right? That it, Here it, it just can't wait. It did that, that blank page. No way, son. I'm this. We're going to hit the ground running. Boom. You're not right. even going to get a breather. But the first two issues, it was a double page spread. Yeah. Not so with the third. So well, in the third, it's just it's just another page telling you the story. Whereas, so I mean, I I hear you, and I definitely agree with you with the first two issues. And no, a blank page, yes, a wasted page, or even a credits page. We don't, ain't nobody got time for that. So we're just going right. to just here it is. But they they kind of just they don't. And obviously, because of the story and because of the artists involved and, and what they're doing with it, it doesn't. It, double page does not doesn't work with the third issue. But um, it it with the third issue, that whole aesthetic of it, it it, it kind of loses a little bit of its luster. Okay, we can agree to disagree completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I think it, I'm definitely on on Vince's side on this. No, point. and that's cool. I absolutely get it. I absolutely get it. it. It's just it's it's one of those things where I I like all I said is that I'm not sure how I feel about it. No, we're not no, we're not slamming yet. We're not slamming you. But oh, I didn't think you were. No, never. When, when when you look at it from from the valiant perspective, small, no longer fledgling, but one of the smaller companies in the marketplace. They need to do everything they can to be seen, to get into hands. Mm-hmm. Hence, the, the the thicker cardstock covers, the different trade dress that makes it look like the Exo Manowar uh, logo is gigantic on the cover, but it still doesn't detract from the art, right? When that thing is shelved, you know exactly what that book is. There, there's a book that could on the, say it's shelved in a tier. Even if a book eclipses half or even three quarters of that cover, you still know what that book is. Exo Manowar, right? And they, they need to do everything they can outside of the norm to be seen. Because if you're in the norm, you're just going to be lumped in with everything else and they're going to get lost. Right. But it's, it's neither wrong nor right. Depending on the aesthetic perception of it, like David, he just thinks it's, it's, he's not grooving now. Well, that, that's perfectly within your wheelhouse to feel that way. My love. <laughs> All right, I want. I really want to talk about Eternal Warrior Awakening. Number one, I won't Did spoil you read it. That one either. I, he probably didn't, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to spoil it. I will set it up for you though. Okay, it's a one shot. Okay. You don't need to know. In Semantics. fact, in fact, you don't need to know anything about Eternal Warrior to read this book. If mm-hmm. if you are a valiant neophyte or you completely know nothing about the company, this is a book you should read because Gilly, Gilead, Anipata is a major player in the valiant universe. I, you know, depending on the day, I would say he is the major player because he's immortal. Yeah, and, you would. and he safeguards the entire planet. He's the fist in the steel of Earth. As uh, directed by the Geomancer, it, it, it has always been, it always will be, because Gilead, uh, upon death, goes through a little process. He goes back to this other realm, this this eternal, um, uh, it's not heaven, maybe a purgatory, 
but but it's his it's his place of revival. He meets all of the people that he has left behind, all of the mortals who have expired. He he's with them for a, a set period of time, and then he has to claw his way back through hardship and and more war and more death and more fighting, and he gets eventually is reborn. There's uh, it begins in ancient Mesopotamia, and Gilly's plagued by nightmares of himself being killed. He gets he takes an axe to the head, and as he is expiring, he falls off a cliff into into water, and he doesn't know what to make of it. He's he's, he's having a hard time processing. He's waking up. His wife is like husband what's the matter and he he just can't wrap his head around like is this is this a past life is this false memory like what is going on and and in this existence of of the eternal warrior he fancies himself a farmer he's out in the field with his little ox Patty. He's he's tilling the ground, and it's these the 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 place is going through a drought, and the ground is hard, and he's a terrible farmer. He's just not good at it. Enter um, a a wise man on a camel, and the wise man just happens to be the geomancer, and he tells Gilly, "You are far more than a farmer, my buddy. You are the earth's uh, fist and steel." And um, Gilly doesn't believe him. He says, okay, what's it going to take? What do I got to do? And the geomancer makes it rain. He brings the rain and he said, if I wanted to, I can revive this land in a matter of, of minutes and give you more crops than you'll ever be able to consume. That's my power. I'm the geomancer and you are a part of this. And it all comes back to, to Gilly and he remembers how he died and he remembers who did the killing. A, a person from that leads a tribe of people who do nothing more than burn and slaughter and consume for all the wrong reasons. And being the protector of the earth, Gilly sets out to right the wrong, and that's the entire issue. That's you. You you get to learn where the Eternal Warrior's axe came from, how he got it, and and uh, you learn the process. And the, the, you get to an insight into the character and he laments the fact that he's immortal. He's like, I don't know, you know, I, I, I meet all these people. I father all these children and, and I, I love all these women and they're, they're, they're flashes. They're, they're gone in an instant. And I just keep coming back. And is this the way it's meant to be? And it's just a great, great character. It's a great book and it, it will give you a, a bird's eye view into the valiant universe. You should read this if you have not. If you're interested in Valiant, this is the one book to read. And it was written by Robert Venditti, illustrated by Renato Geddes, and color art by our buddy Ulysses Ariola. Jason, what'd you think? I thought it was what it was in the sense that, as you noted, it's it's a setup issue. Um, it felt more like a zero issue or a free comic book day issue to me than something that got me really stoked for the series. But um, you were aware of, of Gilly's backstory, right? Yeah, but that's the thing. I didn't really... I, I didn't see why this was all that important in the grand scheme of things because we've seen glimpses of his past and his having lived for thousands of years before and I thought they were more compelling than this one. Um, I think I had a bit of an issue with Gaitis' art. 
more yes. than the story. Why? Uh, and I've liked Geddes at other times in his career, but for some reason this just didn't quite work for me. It looked a little too very loose, loose, and uh, that is his style. So I'm not I'm not expecting it to be much different. But for me, this felt a little too much onto the loose spectrum for the magnitude of the story that was trying to be told. Um, I, I don't know. I just didn't. And I, I couldn't help but compare it to the artwork that we got from um, uh, The Goddamned from from Aaron Guerra and Jason Aaron's book, which Guerra's very loose as well, but that's got a stank on it, an organic <laughs> stank to it that makes it wonderful. Yeah. This felt loose to me without the, without the organic dirt. aspect. Yeah, yeah. And I just, so the art was a whiff for me. Um, probably some of the most unimpressive art I've seen from Valiant. Cause I think Valiant's had amazing artists in general, probably better art than, than all the people that don't read Valiant would, would think. Um, I suspect a lot of people don't give Valiant a fair shake and they think of Valiant as just another one of the small publishers. And generally being a small publisher means you have to chintz on the writers and the artists that you're using because you can't pay them as much. Uh, and we said it a million times, but just to reiterate, that's not the case with Valiant. Valiant gets phenomenal writers and phenomenal artists generally. Uh, and, and like I said, Geddes has done stuff I've enjoyed before. His X Factor stuff was cool, but, um, but this was just not something, just didn't grab me artistically. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to part ways with you on the art. <laughs> because, cool. yeah, no, I, I think the arts, um, do I use the word great? Um, if, if I had to, to, Encapsulate it for those of you who are not looking at preview pages and you can't see preview pages again on the 11o'clockcomics.com site. It, it looks to me like, uh, the love child of Scott Collins and Joe Kubert. There's definitely the line of the Collins line, but the layouts, yeah. the layouts are pure Kubert. I can see, I can see some Scott Collins. The, the, there are some, some panels where he'll like, he'll do a lot of detail, like on the inside of someone's mouth with all their teeth. And then there's another one where, you know, it, it's an outline of a nose and maybe some stubble from a beard. And it's just, it, it's not, I'm not saying that it's completely inconsistent, but he recently did the, um, the, did the bloodshot wrap up issue, uh, at the end of the, um, the, Bloodshot USA and, and there's just, I, I remember his work on action comics, Superman, a few years ago. There, there, I, he's, I kind of know what to expect, but this was, um, this was very, um, I, I guess just not as, as sharp as I would have liked it to be based on on the story. The story seems to have some import. The art, maybe not so much. And, and it, it, it works with Vendetti's story where, you know, he's just, he's, he's telling you this story and, and the art does that. It, it, it does that job. Um, but it just, it doesn't, the art doesn't smack me in the face as, as, as hard as the story does. And the covers by Clayton Crane. Yeah, so that's, I, I figured that's why you love it. No, um, I'm, I, I, I don't. I I'm not, I'm not seeing it, but that's okay. We don't always have to 
mm-hmm. to join hands. Peace and love, peace and love. Right. Let's keep the tagging going, though. Okay, what do we got? Or what do we, we have? have? And absolutely, to, to I'm going to steal a word that our buddy and fellow podcaster Ron Richards is fond of saying. Absolutely delightful. He uses and I'm that talking word. About, he uses that word all the time. Wow. Uh, he, I'm talking about Image Comics, number one issue, Shirtless Bear Fighter, <laughs> exclamation point. Oh, my gosh, this book is great. <laughs> Shirtless Bear Fighter, part one, Man versus Nature. You ain't lying. Written by Jody Lahoop and Sebastian Gurner, uh, with art by Nil Vendrell Palak, colors by Michael Spicer, and letters by Dave Lanfear. <laughs> this is one of those books you get exactly what you think you're going to get. Yeah. You get a shirtless, kick-ass dude who is brought in to fight a bunch of homicidal bears. <laughs> and it is phenomenal. Do you guys remember years ago there was an indie comics festival in Portland and I talked about the the books that won the awards. Yes, and yes. There was a book called Bear Fight and I I raved about it and it was a book where they had Dozens of creators draw their version of a bear fight. And it was a little mini one page per artist anthology. It was so funny because it ranged from bear being interpreted as a, a burly gay man. Shout out to Bill Z, comic book bears, uh, fighting to bears as ninjas to uh, just ran the, ran the gamut, uh, just on different artistic interpretations. And I thought it was this wonderfully creative and hilarious concept. Well, now we're getting a comic with a narrative and a story behind the same idea. Um, and I wonder, do you guys think there's a version of this without the digitalization of the dude's dong? I sure hope so. There should be. There really <laughs> yeah, should it's be. It's huge. It's it is massive. And, it, and when he turns around, it just, it slaps him on, th- it's, okay, I, <laughs> I saw, when I, I wasn't aware that, I didn't know who was publishing this. I saw, I first saw Shirtless Bear Fighter, um, because, uh, Paolo Rivera did a variant cover, and I was right. like, what? That looks pretty spiffy. Yeah. No idea. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know who was publishing it. I, I thought he was just having having a laugh about something. I thought maybe he was doing the art on a new book. And then when you mentioned that we had the image comps and this was in there, and and unfortunately, we we get a couple of variant covers and Palos isn't there. Which again, I just go to Facebook, go to his website to to see it. But I think it's um, for issue three though. Paolo's oh, okay, cover. all right, yeah. perfect. Then all right. So I'm, I and I apologize then that he's. It makes sense because this this is did this come out this past Wednesday or is it coming out this Wednesday? I believe it comes out this Wednesday. Okay, so that that makes so for a book that 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 is coming out now um, with Rivera style, I, I wouldn't, I shouldn't expect it to be for the first issue. So thank you, Vince. The uh, but I as soon as you said we 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 have to read it for tonight, then uh, I made sure that I. Ready for tonight, and and I'll, I'll let. I just I had no idea what it was. I did not see it in um, in previews a couple months ago. So this this completely uh, hit me, and 
unexpectedly, and 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 I am damn glad it did. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, let me just car- clarify. It comes out June twenty first, so it's a super advanced copy. Wow. So is there is is there an embargo? Are we allowed? No. I, well, I, so I was just going to say. I think the embargo is we're not to speak about the plot. Okay. I think we're, we're, so, we're, it's okay. We can talk about what we thought of the book. Uh, give the synopsis, but we're not supposed to go in depth with the plot. Okay. okay. So it, it's but re- the plot is essentially what you think it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just, what the title is. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's very. True I'll read the solicit quickly and just say, and this is good because we don't get a chance to do this often. This is cool because we're two weeks before it hits the stand. So by all means, all of you, please go and at least take a look at this if you hit an LCS and you didn't pre-order it because it is a it is a sight to behold. It's funny. It's action-packed, and uh, it's really, I think it's well done for as silly of a concept it is. So here you go. It says, after being betrayed by the bears that raised him, the legendary shirtless bear fighter wanders the forest he's sworn to protect, fist-fighting bears, eating flapjacks, and being the angriest man the world has ever known. When wild-eyed, super-strong bears attack the citizens of Major City, shirtless ventures into the human world to do what he does best. Punch those bears in the face. But all is not as it seems. Someone is manipulating Shirtless, and only by confronting the demons of his past can Shirtless hope to save his future. A heart-filled, hilarious, tell-all tale for the ages you don't want to miss. Shirtless Bear Fighter, and I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Now, do you think the title, Shirtless Bear Fighter, do you think it has it, it has a double meaning? He's obviously shirtless and fights bears, but do you think he's a shirtless bear fighter? You know what no, I mean? No, because his 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 lady died. That's right. The... But we don't know the rest of the story. There's other things in here that I want to know about right. him and Burke. I absolutely love because he's like not since World War Two and well, we're not allowed to. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, but it's just I. <laughs> I I'm, 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 it's I'm, tough. I'm with Vince where, you know, we need to know more about the character. Um, there is enough in this first issue where you're, you're going to have, it's the kind of questions you have when you read this are the kind of questions you're going to have fun getting answers to as the series continues. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. I need to see where we're going with this. It's, it's insane. It, it looks great. I, I think the, um, I think those art is, um, there's there's some Dan Panosian a little bit. There's 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 a um, but it, it it's clean. It's I really really like the art. I don't know what what we're going to be able to do as far as um, preview pages for this if if, if any. Um, oh damn! But it it just <laughs> the covers. You can use the covers. Oh um, well, I got some editing to do on the the gallery then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no. This I'll was, double um, check what we're allowed to do. One second. All right, but um, th- there there is a three covers, um, each this issue, yeah. n- nicer than the 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 one before it. There's an Andrew Robinson cover, a Tom Fowler cover, and an Andy Suriano cover. That's they're all great. And the the thing about this book is it's giggle worthy. There there are just Sound there are things just thrown in that will. Uh, oh, we're good. No embargo, guys. Oh, great. The backstory. This is no embargo. Yeah. They give the, the, the backstory of the shirtless bear fighter. He was raised by bears. And there's right, a, a Tarzan-esque. He was raised by bears. Yeah. And there's, but there's, even the baby, so baby bear fighter, the baby bear fighter is 
Well, yeah, it's got right. a gigantic penis. That's and a beard. He was yes, bo- yeah, born yeah, with yeah, a beard, <laughs> and he, his thing is gigantic for a baby. It's like a third leg. It is. Pretty it's, much. it's amazing. But the, the whole setup was that you know he he lives among the bears and they welcome him as his own. But there's one bear that ain't having it, and and that the bear, yeah. That it, bear comes back into play. It's so silly. It's just so. It silly. is silly. It's just funny that the the the, the interaction between him, the government agents and and him and and the, the love of the flapjacks. It's just it's just stupid. It's stupid and funny. I don't know. It's just, yeah. It's, the, kind of, it's Bert, uh, like you said, Vince, in your column, comics comics should be ridiculous. Yes, it's all the right kinds of ridiculous. The um the Burke character reminds me of the guy from The Office, albeit. A hundred pounds lighter. Oh yeah, okay. All right. What's his name? I don't watch it, but I know it's not Keith. It's the yeah. I know. Yeah. I know who you're thinking of. Yeah. But yeah, it's just funny. And the, the what's dip- really interesting is the, the main cover is drawn by Andrew Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the image says 2015. His signature is Andrew Robinson 2015. Wow, must be must have been simmering yes. for a while. I wonder if it was a commission. Do you think? What's with the pig? No, that's what I, I don't know. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't know. And it looks like some, holding on to some bacon. What the hell? He's like a devil pig. Holding Based on, on the bacon. cover on image at the website, the cover of issue two would seem to indicate that the pig is the big bad. Huh. Just based on the cover. I mean, this is just pure guesstimation on my part. But, yeah, but we don't see the pig in the issue. That's no, funny. I know. I'm saying, that's but funny. issue number two. And the, 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 it looks to be like some kind of deforestation going on and the, 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 uh, things that are felling the, the trees look like giant toilets. Yes. With mm-hmm. arms. Kind of cool. Yeah. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Very much. Love the dude, love the dude in the beginning, uh, who obviously does not have blonde hair, but does because he dies at that color. He's got a pitch black, uh, mustache and goatees, overweight, yeah. but he's got blonde hair. It's like mm-hmm. that's Scranton. There you go. Felt <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right at home. Uh, I, I love the sound effects. I love the art. I love the. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's 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 weird that a story this silly, and I'm not going to say nonsensical, but just just out there has two writers, and it, it's. I don't know. Where, where, where one, I, I just, I, there's some, some working relationships. I, I'd love to know, you know, who does what, where does one person end and, and the other begins. And, and I, I'd love to find out, you know, where, which one does the heavy lifting and, and just kind of who comes up with just the, the, this one just come up with the sillier aspects of it and, and, and the other just tries to keep it more a story that, that that's kind of on point. I mean, the, the, the flapjacks, the maple syrup, the, the, um, the bear plane, there's just so much that is, is nuts. And, and absolutely as the guys are saying, if, if you have the opportunity to get this, um, then they definitely do so. It, it, it's just a lot of fun. It is. Oh, show. All right. Anything else? And I even got Vince's uh, Vince's Bigfoot photo in here too. Yeah, yes. I was going to give give uh, Zach Crusey a, a, a shout out. There's a a nod to the Patterson film. 
in this. <laughs> it's so stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said it just made me giggle. The whole book made me just absolutely, giggle. absolutely yeah. made me squeal with glee. Yeah, we need more right, of let's, that. We do. Let's uh, move let's, on to uh, something let's do else. It. No, let's let's remember we're keeping this tight Sunday night. All right, Sunday night and tight. Um, hey, thank you, Patreon subscribers, for bringing this episode uh, to the surface. We 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 love you so much, and everybody else thanks you too for making this possible. Uh, like Jason said, you all got an extra episode a month, minimum, <laughs> a month, Mi- minimum, minimum, a month, minimum, minimum. We will be back, as usual, this Thursday, so nothing changes. That's right. It only gets better. You get more. You get more. You always get more from us. In your travels, still the same, see? (laughs) I, I would like you to read from IDW, Donald Duck, number 20. Now, as usual, if you've been listening to me about the IDW Disney books, you know that they are exquisitely curated. This is stuff from all across the globe. Nothing, uh, well, I don't want to say nothing, but very, very few United States stories. All of these things uh, are seeing publication in the United States for the very first time. Uh, and it's an anthology. There's more than one story in this thing. I won't talk about both of them. I just want to talk about one. It's uh, the second half of the issue. It's a story from the Danish Anders and Company, number 47, which was published in 1995. The story is called Princess Una. And this is, again, the first USA publication of this story, the written by Stefan and Unprinz Paulsen. The art is by Victor... Vicar, Erigada Rios, goes by the name of Vicar, uh, colored by Edgemont and Digicore Studios. It is a great little story. Uh, the rub, Donald is extremely jealous of Daisy's uh, admirers. He thinks everybody in the world is trying to get a piece of Daisy. And uh, one day a dude walks down the street and we don't know for sure. He may have winked at Daisy, may have blinked. Regardless of the fact, Donald gets pissed off and he starts a fight and the two are brawling it out and Daisy stops it and she says, you know what, you're you're like a Neanderthal. You, you would be perfectly at home in the Stone Age with with your attitude and your temperament. You're just like, you're a, you're a thug, you're, you're just a caveman and just so happens that Gyro Gearloose happens to have a time machine available to put Daisy's theory to the test. So Donald and Gyro go back in time uh, to the Stone Age and they encounter a pack of cavemen and Donald tries to take a picture and the cavemen get pissed off and club them and capture them and they're going to eat them. But the king's daughter, Una, has other designs because she finds Donald very handsome. And she saves them, um, and the hilarity ensues. you got giant woolly mammoths, saber-toothed tigers. It's an amazing story. And um, if you are a fan of the ducks, you know that there's a lot of camps as, as far as artistic styles go. But I would say the two major camps are the Carl Barks camp, the, those that take the Barks approach, and the Don Rosa camp, 
This is squarely within the Don Rosa camp. The the shadows are thick and inky. Uh, The cartooning is superb. It's just a great little story. And I'm going to reiterate for those of you who have not been paying attention, if you're not reading the IDW Disney books, you're missing out. Because to a book, they are among the best things I read every month. They're that good. So um, get in on this. The editor is uh, Chris Sarasi. The assistant editor is Sarah Gatos. I don't know whom it is that curates this stuff, how they select the stories, but they have been on the mark every single issue. This stuff is all great. Thank you, Ted Adams. Go buy these. Mm. They're just fantastic. They're great. I am going to be very disappointed in you if you do not come away with at least some type of tiny piece of Don Rosa's artistry in two weeks. I have one. I have a Don Rosa. Yeah, I do. But (laughs) who's to say I don't need another one? That's what I'm saying. Will there be tattoo people at the convention? No. No. I would love for for Mr. Rosa to draw Uncle Scrooge. I would get that shit tattooed on me in a second. On your ace? Pardon me? On your ace? No. That's who would see it then? All the right people would, boyfriend. I would get it on my on my arm. Born? Maybe. I'm a traditionalist. I'm a traditionalist. <laughs> You're such a traditionalist. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Donald Duck number 20. Scoop it up. Nice. All right. Uh, in your travels, um, Star Trek Boldly Go number six. Mm. This is a one shot. It's a done in one. Written by Mike Johnson and Ryan Parrot. Art by Chris Mooneyham. Mm. Nice. And it looks <laughs> Sorry. Like no way. Yes way. Sorry. You good? Yeah. He said Mooneyham and I was drinking. I'm like, whoa. I, <laughs> you weren't expecting that. I huh? was not. It's it's a beautiful blend of um some, some Jerry Bingham, Dennis Cohen esque um art. Absolutely love it. It it's a um whereas the previous issue was the basically the origin of um Jayla, this was uh this this immediately well, not immediately this is a, this takes place uh, after the opening arc regarding the um, where the Borg appear, um, so they're kind of um, it, they're not there's they're dealing with a little bit of fallout from that, but this is this very much felt like um, an old school um, old school episode where you know the whole um, searching for new life type thing and and uh new civilizations and and i i really really dug it there's a um it, it would have been a real solid um standalone issue that, that that could be read anytime um in any star trek era with any crew uh except for the last page which which then brings it back to the uh the earlier issues of this series and um and one of the the Starfleet, um, one of the Starfleet officers from that story that um, basically kind of turned herself in, um, following the events of, of what was going on. But it, it, this really was a um, I it, we're 
they don't have the Enterprise yet. They're, this is, um, they're not, uh, the, because of following the end of, um, during Beyond when the, uh, the Enterprise was destroyed. Um, as far as the comic series goes, they, they haven't been given a new Enterprise yet. So, um, so, so Kirk is, uh, is in charge of this ship. Um, and, uh, while Spock and Yahura are on New Vulcan, um, take care of things there. Sulu is, um, is presently, um, the, his, his, his first officer is the second in command. So, um, it's Kirk is the captain of the Endeavor. You have Sulu as the uh, as his first officer, and McCoy is not the chief medical officer on this ship, but he uh, he's second in command. But he's basically hanging out here uh, to stay close to to Kirk and, and kind of be with the the rest of the crew. So the, the gang is more or less all here. Uh, it's a different ship, but like I said, it's 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 a um, I, I dug the way the, the story was told as far as, um, I said new, new life to civilizations that it, it gave you some of that, what, what we had in the original series as opposed to, um, any heavy action or, or a lot of flash that, um, that the movies or, or some of the other series may have given you. But I, I, I dig it. I, um, I'm not sure when the next issue comes out, but there has been a new issue of, um, of Waypoint. Which I haven't read yet, but I, I really dug that anthology a lot. So I don't know which era or versions or, or series uh, appear in the latest issue of Waypoint, but I'll, I'll probably read that for sometime down the line. I think it looks great, right? Yeah, I dig you, a lot, man. In addition to Dennis Cowan, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, Klaus Janssen in there too. Yeah, there's definitely yeah, because even if I mean even if you had a um Embassima, Sal. Yeah. Yeah, Brother I mean there's, my just, dude. there's a lot of reasons to uh that, that I really did um because I mean and, and when else are you gonna see any of those artists really draw any of the Star Trek characters? So uh the fact that Mooneyham draws it and, and kind of um draws it in a style similar to the dudes we grew up reading and enjoying um i'm I'm all for it i i I like it a lot you could tell he's influenced by those gentlemen but it's he's not aping their their style he it just leached into his his uh visual language and it's 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 nice it looks great yeah nice yeah all right let's see in your travels we got lots to touch on oh boy first of all we are Less than two weeks away, actually a week and a half away from Heroes Con. Woo woo! Oh, suck it, suck it, it's on y'all. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a blast. We will uh, talk more about it. Uh, maybe not so much. Well, maybe a little this this coming Wednesday, but certainly the the next week, the week our, our pre-show, we'll, we'll hook it up. Hopefully, a lot of you are planning on on being down there and, and joining us. Um, we are, we are hosting three panels there. Uh, we are, uh, there is a panel that is going to feature Fabian Nicieza, 
and Terry Dotson focused on uh, Deadpool and Harley Quinn uh, that uh, yours truly will be moderating. There is a panel about um, comic creators making a living through their merchandising featuring a bunch of creators, including our boy Andrew McLean, who, talk about well-timed, dude just put out a sick vinyl action figure of his headlopper uh, of Norgal. And, yes, Vince will have one, I'm sure of it. Uh, But Andrew, Rico Renzi, Sarah Dyer, and a number of other creators will be talking about merchandising and uh, be hosting that as, uh, as the moderator. And then the thing that I'm most excited about, because it's our own creation, uh, we're going to do an, uh, an OA panel, original art panel. And it's going to be uh, up on stage be myself, uh, Mr. Felix Liu, the owner of Felix Comic Art, and I would say one of the uh, most jaw-dropping personal collections of, of American comic book art that you'll find. Uh, Mr. Daniel Warren Johnson, mm-hmm. our boy, former guest and... This is not hyperbole to say he is one of the best and most in-demand commission artists in the world today. Uh, and then a new person for me, although I know a lot of him, Dr. Jeffrey Singh, who is a fellow collector. And um, let's just say he has a collection that uh, that uh, would make a lot of people faint. Uh, Jamie Foxx style uh, from that meme, if you saw it. So we will be there chatting away, and uh, I really want that one to be a, a an interactive, uh, audience-led conversation where we just go where the conversation takes us. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, now, if you're coming to Heroes, you need to make sure that you have your EOC gear tight and right, in which case the best way to do that is to go to uh, 11 Got that right, right? Right, that? That's right? Yes. Yes. Uh, and again, it's the number 11 o'clock comics, no, no apostrophes, uh, dot threadless.com. And we have a selection of awesome EOC art that you can get on a high quality threadless piece of clothing. I have a bunch of, of merch arriving to the Woodrow household in the next few days. Got at least one piece for each of the kids and the wife. Pretty stoked. Nice. Although the wife wouldn't go for the EOC thong. She wouldn't go for that. So uh, I know. That's what I she know. told you. Uh, right? right? <laughs> and and although we keep promising it, it will come soon. There will be a Vince B. created EOC piece that will be available for sale soon. Yep. We'll let you all know when it hits. Yeah. Um, and then finally, if you want to read something in your tr- – wow, you're so dismissive of your own art. <laughs> I am not dismissive. You, you have you have ways that? you have ways of caressing me and slapping me in the same sentence. It's something our friendship of nine years could only. <sighs> it's, it's like Yoda t- teaching Luke. Yes, slap you and then pick you back up. Yes, procrastinate uh, he will. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, in your travels, if you want to do some reading, uh, just a couple quick hits. I seem to be. Uh, Holding the baton for this new, this, uh, the new X-Men universe reboot that's going on. Um, first let's get the, 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 the not so good out of the way very quickly. Cable number one is a big whiff. Ugh, agreed. Yeah, and that's Mr. Cable agreeing with me. I don't really want to even bother getting into it, just say I was disappointed in it. Can I say Uh, one thing? Sure. The covers, the colors were way too heavy handed. Mm -hmm. Completely Mm -hmm. killed the book. 
and it and it's yeah. not not the best Pacheco we've ever seen. Agreed. I agree. It's yeah. it's 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 not good Pacheco. And the story um, was boring. Agreed. Okay. You want to keep going or no? It? I'm just saying it. It was a complete letdown. That's my character. That's my mutant. And, I know. And, I know. You know, not doing it. It hurts your heart. I get it. It does. I get it. Um, in a, in a, on a brighter note, Gene Gray numbers one and two. Um, and probably no surprise when you hear who the writer is, uh, writer, Mr. Dennis Hopeless with, uh, with interiors by Raul Ibanez. Uh, I gotta tell you, I, I was expecting to be, be dismissive of this as well, uh, because it's a book featuring the young from the past Gene Gray. Uh, but I thought it was off to a good start. I, I enjoyed it more than I expected to, um, Essentially, she is wrestling with these visions she's having of becoming the phoenix and um, and trying to figure out if there's any truth to that. Uh, but uh, but it really is a good look at her as a character, and it does. It's I'm starting to be able to view this character as its own character with its own merits outside of uh, what on earth? Oh, sorry. Did y'all hear that? No. I had a, something popped up on my laptop that made it impossibly deafening for me to hear for you. Um, but no, I thought it was good. She she takes on the uh, everybody's favorite Marvel C-list jobbers, the Wrecking Crew, who are always good for a, a getting beaten down uh, issue whenever you need it. Uh, yeah, they would beat the Hulk. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I thought it was really well done. I, I have to say it, uh, it was pleasantly surprising to the point where I'm going to continue to read it. Uh, and then last, but certainly not least the best of the three X books to hit the stands in the last few weeks. Um, and again, probably a bit of a surprise for some, but, uh, I had high hopes for it. Generation X, um, written by Christina Strain with art by Amilcar Pina with Felipe Sobrero on colors. Uh, this is the latest take on looking at the young, younger mutants um, in the uh, X-verse. But uh, Kitty Pride is the headmistress. Jubilee, Vince, you're giddy. Jubilee is one of the <clears throat> teachers. But uh, this, is a, a, this is a dope, a dope mix of, of characters. You've got uh, Quentin Quire, Kid Omega. You've got uh, Bling, Roxy Washington. You've got Nature Girl, Lynn Lee, and uh, fun fact, that character was created by Mr. Mahmoud Asrar, and I am proud to own her first page, the first her, the first time she was ever drawn. Wow. Um, you've got you've got Morph, you've got Hindsight, and you've got Eye Boy. Um, but uh, this is what a this to me is what a young X book should be, at the mansion, in a school. Lots of infighting, lots of soap opera drama, lots of teen, teen angst, teen love, but also mixing in the fact that they are powerful mutant beings and they're being ultimately trained to uh, be X Men. Um, so uh, again, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was well, well, well done. Pena's art is is highly distinctive. I suspect probably divisive. I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at these books, but I, I think this is art that probably some won't like. Because it is not typical superhero art, uh, it's it's very exaggerated, elongated at times. Um, the faces are misshapen in some in some ways uh, to be expressive, but uh, but this think, this hit me in all the right ways. Like Larry Stroman, it is actually like good Larry Stroman. Okay, 
Nice. It's Larry Stroman before he decided to draw every girl with a, a 50 inch badonkadonk. So, uh, yeah, no, I dug it. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty stoked for this. The, uh, the purifiers make an appearance. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it was great. I think, I think some of these characters will be around for a long time. Excellent. Cool. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I can see it. The the distorted aspect to the to the figure drawing. Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. eyes. Is is that Quicksilver? Who's the guy with the uh, the gray hair? No, Quicks- it's not Quicksilver. Um, I don't know who you're talking about. Well, the brood guy is uh, is talking, and and he says the next generation of mutants, and there's a dude in a, in a red sweater with a shirt tails peeking out and he's looking around looks like he's new to the to the mansion maybe he's carrying yes he, he's pulling luggage he's a, he he is a looming um uh a new student uh oh. his name's hindsight oh okay. it's clearly hindsight nathaniel carver we don't know anything about him uh, at least i don't until this book oh, he's well, just a newbie student trying to figure out if he wants to stick around so he's the the end to the to the the narrative. It, Correct. It looks really clean. Yeah. 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 Very nice. Look at you, back in the X world. <laughs> all back in. We in. Yeah, you're all in or, or not. That's that's the way to do it. Well, I'm all grown up. Well, to a point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And we are all grown up because. It's 11 o'clock comics and we thank you for being here with us yet again on this uh regular although special episode <laughs> and <laughs> and we hope you will join us again this week because we'll be back like a boomerang <clears throat> and we love you so much because um david is uh driving the bus and he loves you the most <laughs> say good night people blah, blah, blah. say good night David. Ooh, like a little tight and right. I'm only going to do the first one, though, the second. Say goodnight. David. Nice. Mm. Good on you. Gracious. Come back soon, people. We'll be here waiting for you. Say bye bye. I love you did, so much. Did, did you mean Red Fox, Bo? You said Jamie Fox. No, I meant mean Jamie Fox. I thought you said you were talking about heart attack and grabbing his chest. I thought I just... No, 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 no. no. All right, then. You mean Ray. My bad. Yeah. Ray. He'll always be Ray. Better than being... Better than being Tubbs. That's true. That's very true. Fucking movie. That's right. And and David <laughs> David saw the Wonder Woman movie. And he's the only one of the three of us who has. So that's why we didn't talk. Which is why we have one. Yes. Yeah. Right. We're gonna save it. Save it for later. Save it for later. We'll be back soon. Join. Ooh. Yeah, join us.